OSHA recordables, catastrophic losses, environmental disasters. You want answers? So do I. This is Jim Pozel with Safety Wars. That's my daddy. That's right, Jessica. I am your daddy. Hi, this is Jim from Safety Wars. Before we start the program, I want to make sure everyone understands that we often talk about OSHA and EPA citations, along with some other regulatory actions from other agencies, legal cases, and criminal activity. Everyone is innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Proposed fines are exactly that, and they are often litigated, reduced, or vacated. We use available public records, news accounts, and press releases. We cannot warranty or guarantee the details of any of the stories we share, since we are not directly involved with these stories, at least not most of the time. Enjoy the show. This, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. And from the border of liberty and prosperity and the highway to the north, this is Safety Wars for Monday, May 15, 2023. So we're going to, this is take two of the broadcast. So... Take one did not go so well. So we're back here again. Take two. Ooh. We are broadcasting live from Safety Wars Studios in Clarkstown, New York. So give me a second here. Something just came up. I'll be back in a minute. Enjoy the music. can you say? It's Monday. <laughs> Sometimes Mondays suck. Even when it's close to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay. So, what's going on? make sure I am on the air this time. Bear with me. How about now? So like I said, we're broadcasting from Clarkstown, New York. We had a little bit of technical difficulties here tonight. Glad to see everybody out there. We got some viewers. All right, so we're, we have some new listeners coming here. We have Peter, who's all the way out in Alabama. I got off the phone with him uh, just before airtime here. I always am at a loss sometimes on what to talk about here. What, the, what exactly are we talking about on uh, Safety Wars? What, what's the topic going to be? I mean, the Monday topic is always the most important. Why is that? Why is it the most important? Monday is the most important because it sets the tone for the rest of the week. I could not have a bad program like I had where we had technical issues and everything else. That were my fault. 
I can't blame anybody but me. And uh, me not get back here to really go over there and try to resolve it. So uh, that's what I'm. That's what we're about. We're about getting better. And uh, no perfection does not. No, rarely ever happens uh, with this stuff. So uh, no, we're always improving and everything else. So anyway, long story short. Last night, late last night, I get an email from somebody and they said, Hey, uh, Jim, and I'm just making sure I'm on the air now that I'm paranoid. They said, uh, Jim, what, uh, you know, what's the, no, do you believe this email that I have to present tomorrow? This, right? So this facility has a lot of contractors and a lot of people there. And every day an email goes out with what the safety topic needs to be. And what the reason why they do this with the safety topics every day is so everybody is on the same page, so to speak. So they're able to go and uh, do whatever. Uh, and the topics are, uh, they vary. They cover no, refinery operations. They recover uh, uh, oil terminal operations. They general construction operations, and it goes through that, the whole facility. It goes everywhere and off the facility. So what ends up having to, what, no, and they give you what their philosophy is on how to manage people, on how to manage situations. And this facility is all the way on, still they're doing the whole BBS, the Everybody Safety Dance so to speak. And you look at this stuff, and it's like, what What the hell are they doing? No. We talked last week about bullying and ruling in fear. Now, that was in response to the Todd Conklin pre-accident investigation from a couple weeks ago where someone sought him out and wanted to put him in his place and correct him. And... What did that end up being? It was a conversation that made us stupider, was the name of the uh, podcast. And, you know, it's just unconscionable. Now, and by the way, I used to be this way uh, uh, with this here, uh, what I'm going to read to you, and I'm going to comment on it too. So we will work safe or not at all. So right off the bat, that. Our reputation, let's face it, has been damaged as safety professionals. Why? Because of the pandemic. There's no ifs, no ands, no buts about it. Pandemic, uh, the pandemic made us use a lot of capital. Now we're getting a thing where how effective were the protocols, how effective was this, there's duck and cover. Uh, from uh, Dr. Fauci last week, duck and cover. I never said this. I never said that. Then they had the video recordings of him saying this and that when he just said it didn't happen. And we all know a whole, the whole thing with guidelines. If you've ever been involved in litigation or a catastrophic incident, we know how the guidelines all of a sudden become uh, important. When we're dealing with the press, Things go into the media. All of a sudden we know, oh, well, no, hey, guidelines. The guidelines are important. 
Because, oh, they were not following the guidelines of the government. Had they been following the guidelines, my loved one would not have gotten hurt or killed. So, if someone gives you guidelines, often those are used as regulations, de facto regulations, de facto standards. Either in court, and maybe it doesn't get to court, which is fine. Most things don't end up in court. But they end up, you end up getting your proverbial gonads busted on all this stuff. Yeah, I said it, all right? So we know that with the safety, we will work safe or not at all. Now we have to ask, well, what the hell is safe? We know in the hop world, human organizational performance world, that safe, one, that's a very inexact word, right? What's safe, right? Oh, no, and safe means this and safe means that, you know, all, all this stuff. It means, you know, many different things. But what normally what we see in the behavior-based safety world and in this facility, zero accidents, zero illnesses, zero injuries. That's safe. And that's what our goal is, zero, zero, zero across the board. So what happens when you have one incident? You have one release. You have one accident. All of a sudden, you're not safe. That's what happens. That's the interpretation. Because often these uh, systems that are put in place that are supposed to protect us, often those systems are set up by Engineers will have a different philosophy. You have an engineering problem, you fix the engineering problem and move on. You have a human resources issue go on, you set up a process, you move on. You have, it doesn't matter what the system is, what your work is. Safety is not like that. With safety, you're dealing with flesh and blood, right? You're dealing with flesh and blood with safety. It's not something that you could fix and put in a program and expect that program to take care of everything for the rest of your life, for the rest of your working career. Now, workers are the solution to most of the problems. It's real simple. So, well, why is that, Jim? Workers are the solution to the problems. They're the experts in the system. But this is the other thing. They're the last line of defense, often. We talk about the hierarchy of controls. You have the engineering, the elimination, and then substitution, engineering. Uh, Then you have an administrative, and then PPE being the last. And as you get further down, then the more you're further down that triangle or up that triangle, depending on how you want to look at it, you're relying on the human. What's the problem with relying on the human being? Come on, what's the problem? Human beings make mistakes. As we all know, we you know if you're a Christian, you're born, and uh, different Christians have different views on this. You're born with original sin. You're in a fallen world. Other religions have similar teachings often. I'm not uh, going into that tonight. I'm not going off the rails. You're, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to have things happen. 
Things, a lot of things have been happening to me lately, believe me, that distract you from what you need to do. But you still have to get up and you still have to do your job. So we know this. We will work safe or not at all. This is baloney. They're not going to shut down the whole situation because you feel that something is unsafe. Time and time again at this facility, that where this came from, that's not what the deal is. They're not going to shut down the facility because something is not safe. That's not to say if something is wrong, you see something wrong, you have stop work authority, you're going to say timeout, stop work authority. Okay, great with that. That's not what we're talking about. So we know that this statement isn't necessarily true to begin with. So now we're already lost credibility over the last couple of years. Now we now we're telling them this. No one comes into work with the intention of getting injured. I've been doing this for 31 years. I have met people who come in to get hurt. It's happened. So now we go to number two. Not true. Injuries. Even relatively minor ones can have a huge negative impact on our lives and lives of those who love us. Okay, fair enough. You're looking for that grab. You're looking for uh, that grab to get people's attention. You know, your family impact the ones that love us. I'm going to tell you this. That is not what motivates people. Yeah, yeah, that'll last two or three days and then back into the same habits all over again. Right? But it's a true statement, though. Even a minor injury could impact us. The beliefs that injuries just happen or that they are just part of the job are not acceptable, nor are they true. Okay, fair enough. Safety doesn't happen by luck. It takes deliberate action by everyone to ensure that we can prevent the next incident before it occurs. So that's statement. Let's rip this apart on how the real world works. So if you get injured, this is how this is interpreted often. So if you get injured, therefore, it's your fault because you were not doing whatever, right, to prevent the next incident. And you are the linchpin down in the field. You're the last line of defense, right, against getting hurt. Yeah, but let's remember, you're the one that's making that facility work. You're the one making that widget. That's where the focus is, is to make that widget, make that widget to whatever you're doing. And what has to happen is you need to set up a system, right? So you can minimize human error. And so you can, if you minimize human error, then people, because no one's going to be right. Less error, less likely of having an injury. This is essentially how I look at it. So it's all in the job site setup. Now, does that setup happen in the field? Or does that happen way before you get into the field? I was on a project very recently. Engineer comes out there, final say so. Well, I don't like what this, how this turned out. This doesn't look right. And I had a whole list of complaints. 
the project manager for the contractor goes up to him and says, well, guess what? If you had a problem with this, you should have mentioned it two and a half years ago. That's where the planning comes out. So when I go into a root cause analysis, and I don't even like calling that. I prefer calling them learning teams, contributing causes. I don't like root cause analysis because nobody ever wants to get down to the root cause. And what's the root cause? Incentives. How is work incentivized? Safety is usually not up there. Micro says safety third. I say safety fourth. Got to get the job, do the job, get paid for the job. Then we worry about safety because if you don't have money, you can't make safety happen because it puts a lot of stress into the system. Incidents just don't, don't just happen. Experience tell us that poor decisions and tolerance of avoidable risk, right, create an environment where factors align themselves like the holes in Swiss cheese. They got a nice picture of Swiss cheese here. Making injuries almost inevitable. So that's where the, the Swiss cheese model, right? The, the visual, you have layers of protection, and then you have holes in the cheese. And when they all line up, that's when you have an incident. That's basically it. A little bit more complicated, but that's, you got the idea. We need to remove luck and chance from our daily lives by asking ourselves, what am I going to do today to ensure my safety and those around me? Okay, so my, uh, my question is this. Whose experience, number one, experience tells us whose experience? Poor decisions. Whose poor decisions? Is it the workers' poor decisions? I'm going to tell you this. The older I get, Back in the day, it's easy to go for this bad apple theory. Bad apple theory is absolute baloney. There's another word I like to use, but anyway. Bulgluvna. Who set up the job? Who bid on the job? Who set up the budget for the job? Who hired the management for the job? Oh, is there a culture there being pushed by the C-suite? Is there a culture there that's pushing us to, right? Is there that is a tolerance of avoidable risk? Is there a incentive in the system? It doesn't have to be financial. It could be, hey, an attaboy. Hey, the boss said I did a good job. Ain't I good? Ain't I lucky? Boss said, or hey, I finished this job on time or before uh, it was due and under budget. And by luck, nobody got hurt. Well, guess what? And by then, we're not going to tell him about, you know, Joe here. Oh, Joe got a cut. Oh, it was nasty. You just sent him out the back gate. Because now, now that incentive is, wow, this crew is really good. Now they're going to get more work from us. Hmm. It's the incentive. So is it the worker? Right? That's saying, right, that are, uh, you're relying on here, or is it the management you're relying on? There's a question on that. C-suite. What am I going to do today to ensure my safety and those around me? If you believe that no one comes into work with the intention of getting hurt, then you ha there's a problem with this statement in my thinking. 
What am I going to do today to ensure my safety and those around me? Okay, that's great. Be your brother's keeper. I get it. But you need to be concentrating on your own job. What kind of system are you setting up in place to prevent injuries from happening? Case in point, we know PPE is the last line of defense. Do you have equipment guarding? Do you have the right tools to do the job? Are you in a rush? Right? That's why I wear a, a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago now, I got whacked in the uh, eye in the safety glasses with a nail. Random thing that happened. Guy was using a hammer and a nail, and the nail slipped. Well, that happens. I said, how many times have you done that, Orlando? says, I've never done it. I've been doing this thing, the job for 15 years. I don't ever recall that happening. So why is, well, there was a first time for anything. This is the random luck that goes into things. Thank God I was wearing safety glasses. Because that thing, I I probably would have went blind when that thing hit my safety glasses. Bounced right off them. Safety execution requires proactive thought, hazard recognition, good planning, and taking the time to do things correctly and according to procedures. Okay, here's the problem. At this facility, when there is an accident, this is what they hit. There is no proactive thought. You didn't plan it right, blah, blah, blah. Didn't follow the procedures. You didn't do it. You're to blame. We're going to come back to that in a minute. If you neglect proper hazard recognition, cut a corner, and ignore a safety rule at the same time, you are opening the door wide to an accident or injury. Now, this is what, what the issue is. Do you have enough time allotted for the job to give proactive thought, to actually go out there, and did the people in the system alert you to what the hazards for the jobs are? Or you're supposed to be an expert at everything. We cannot be experts at everything. I tell, no, I tell this to people. Yeah, I'm pretty good. But I'm not an expert at your job. Right? Who's going to do the hazard recognition? That's going to be the foreman. That's going to be the uh, first line supervisor. That's going to be everybody involved here. What are the hazards? And are you communicating with them? Proactive thought. What could happen? If you're not the expert at operating equipment, are you going to be able to give proactive thought to what's going on there if you're inexperienced? Good planning. Okay, who's good planning? Planning for a job starts not in the field. It starts way before you get into the field to do the job, especially in the construction field. This is why um, uh, emergency management is helter-skelters that you can only plan up to a certain point. As Mike Tyson says, everybody has a plan until they're hit in the mouth, right? Punch in the mouth, right? And taking the time to do things correctly according to procedures. Okay, who's to say the procedures are correct? Who wrote the procedures? Are you relying on a heroic measure for this? Because the only one who one who wrote the procedure and followed the procedure, maybe that person's not there. Maybe that person long since retired. Taking the time to do things correctly. Was that job budgeted? Was that job, uh, the amount of time allotted, uh, correct for that job? So you don't go into, hey, cutting a corner, ignoring a safety rule to save time? Who does that? It's not the worker, it's the supervisors, people in the C-suite. 
that does that. Again, you blame the worker and blame fixes nothing. You change the system and you get everybody on board. Now that's a step in the right direction to do things. Remember, a job is never done well if it isn't done safely. Okay, great. Now, how are you going to get the people to work safely? That's the question I asked for years before I found out about human and organizational performance. How are we going to get? Because I tell you what, they're not listening. If you're going into behavior-based safety, you have, it's a very punitive approach normally. I understand. Scott Dick Geller, I understand. I read his books. Met him one time for like 30 seconds. Great guy. But this is what happens here. And his system is not evil. He's not an evil guy. I don't get that vibe off of him. Not an evil guy. He's actually very committed to safety and cares about it. Cares about this stuff. But what happens? Message sent and message received. So you have facilities that have bought into behavior-based safety since the early 1980s, late 1970s, with all this stuff and being very punitive and ruling by fear and everything else. And guess what? People want to do, want to put a system in place. That's how management works. And they want to go, okay, now we put a system in place. We're going and we do it. And now we're going to go and we're going to do the job. We don't have to worry about it. You're dealing with human beings here. All right. Again, how do we define safe? Presence of controls or, or absence of incidents. Or I should say, Absence of reported incidents. It's bullshit. Right? Because I tell you what, some people, some companies, that's their way of handling things. Is don't report it and take care of it other ways. Circumvent the law. Illegal and commit multiple felonies. Right? Never allow anyone, especially yourself, to create an atmosphere of rushing a job. Oh, really? Who rushes the job? Who puts that incentive in there? It isn't the worker. It's the management that does that. If you start sensing that the job is running you and that your actions are becoming reactionary, it's time to stop, take a deep breath, step back, and refocus. Okay. You're a manager. You're a manager. Let's think about this. Let's say that you are having a bad day. You have a couple of reports, a couple of activities to go through. You're having a bad day. And some days, just like that funny video I've seen on Instagram that pops up every once in a while. Some days, you just have to say, believe it. The day just starts and you know, and it's bleeped. The minute that you get up. And what do you do? You, it's better rather than to fight things just to go home and say, bleep it and go to back to sleep. If you're a manager, you have a choice on what to do. Am I going to do A, B, C, or D? What can I get done today? And that's where you're at. I don't have the focus to do this job. I could do, I'll do this job. And f managers lose focus on that. Let's say you're a tradesman. You're a carpenter. 
Are you just going to come in and say, well, screw it. I'm not going to work today. Oh, uh, boss, I don't feel like making that form work today. I feel like hanging doors. Well, form work is at the beginning of the job. Hanging doors is at the end of the job. You can't just go do something else. Not all the time. You got to do the job that you're given. If you're a tradesperson, if you're a person in the field, pick the thing. You cannot stop, take a deep breath, step back, and, oh, we're going to refocus. Oh, yeah, oh, I'm refocused. Now I'm going to work safe. That's not the way it works. You're dealing with human beings. And I'm grateful that we're, we talk about mental health nowadays and that stuff. So that's what, what this is. We're not about blaming the worker. We're going to go into the five principles of human and organizational performance after the break to batten this thing in. Each of us needs to think about our own personal commitment to safety and what motivates us as individuals to work safety. Okay, great. You have a personal commitment to safety. Great. That's great to hear that workers could do that. But what about everybody else involved in the system? What kind of system are you going to put in? We can help you put in a system. Here are safety words, JCV technical. It's on the sign behind me on how to manage people, how to coach you, how to get you on board and get away from this old-fashioned way of doing things that we know antagonizes workers, puts everybody on edge, leads to people covering things up, and leads to this atmosphere of antagonism. Right? We're all about working together, doing things. Working. Yes, and I hit the microphone. Right. This must be at the forefront of every task we do, whether it be a simple task, we have done thousands of times, or a complex task that's done infrequently. We're not about, to, if you're going to rely on the worker to implement this stuff, it's not going to work. You're not going to be successful. That zero accidents, zero incidents, and zero illness sign, we know it's baloney. To be first and foremost, now overwhelming amount of time. Very few. I, I know of a couple of facilities that actually it does work. So I can't say it's completely uh, doesn't work at all, but it's has it's prone to abuse and misuse with this. So we're going to take a break. We're going then we're going to talk about okay. Well, this is one way of doing things, right? Focus on the worker. Depend on the worker, which is the last person in the line of defense here. And if the worker fails, then you have a problem. You have to be worried about stuff way before the working even starts and gets to that worker. And we're going to take a commercial break right now, and we're going to come back to you. In the professional safety community, communication and planning are just a few keys to your program's success. The question many practitioners have is, where do I start? Dr. Jay Allen, the creator of the Safety FM platform and host of the Rated R Safety Show, has built a global foundation to help you along the way. Go to safetyfm.com and listen to some of the industry's best and most involved professionals, including Blaine Hoffman with The Safety Pro, Sam Goodman with The Hop Nerd, Sheldon Primus with The Safety Consultant, Jim Pozell with Safety Wars, Emily Elrod with Unapologetically Bold, 
and many others. As individuals, we can do great things, but as a team, we become amazing. Dial into safetyfm.com today and surround yourself with a powerful force of knowledge and support. OSHA recordables, catastrophic losses, environmental disasters. You want answers? So do I. This is Jim Polzel with Safety Wars. That's my daddy. Okay. So, for whatever reason, we're using the microphone on the webcam. So, if you listen to podcasts, you're going to be getting all of the uh, you're going to be getting all of the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You're going to be getting all the commercials may not be getting them on here. So hold on. Let me try something in the professional safety community. Communicate. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see how it goes. Anyway. All right. Introduction to HOP, Human Organizational Performance. Let's talk about it here. So, that's the alternative to all of this stuff, Intro to HOP. All right. So, I start out all of my safety training courses with the same question. What is safety? There's no right or wrong answer here, guys. What is safety? It sounds pretty reasonable. So let's talk about it. Safety is the the old view. Zero accidents, zero illnesses, zero injuries. Old view of safety. Now, what about the new view? Safety is not the absence of accidents, but the presence of some kind of controls, safeguard. You set up controls around a hazard and eliminate the hazard better yet. You set up systems, training, incentives, all of that in there. And the hopes of failing safely, where you're able to fail safely. We talked about it in the first segment with the safety glasses, eye hazards, right? It was a failure. That nail came flying at me. Right, because it was a, a defective nail of some sort. It wasn't exactly straight. Carpenter probably didn't hit it right. Came at me, but because I had safety glasses on, I failed safely. Right now we're safe. This discussion, right, then leads into human organizational performance. So I do it during the safety training. By the way, every one of my safety training classes has this. Because I got tired of bullying people. I got tired of yelling and screaming at people. And then you'll lose. And that's what it is. Confrontation. People what? right? You tell somebody to do something. They don't do it. They say, no, I'm not going to do it. That's a little bit of confrontation there, isn't there? An antagonism. We lost a lot of that during the COVID-19 stuff. That's out. That was out there. That thankfully... Ended last uh, 
uh, week, right, on the 11th. So we have things, right? The worker, traditional safety. The worker is to blame for safety issues. The worker makes bad choices. Safety is the absence of incidents, accidents, and illnesses. You're going to be relying on heroic acts and the individual. Here we have, the, right in the first part of this, where we were talking about the uh, safety meeting that came out today. Procedures. Relying on procedures is very similar to relying on the individual and heroic acts, heroic actor, actor. Why? What do you mean, Jim? Well, you're relying on the one person who uh, usually it's only one person that actually reads the the procedure or knows the procedure, if anything. Right? Especially when it comes to safety, it's usually one person, two people. That one person is not there. Guess what? You're, you're SOL. Things don't go right. And then you have number five, right? Bad actor, and there are more, by the way. I, I just list five. Bad actors exist and need to be eliminated. So, hey, you, uh, uh, with a safety uh, meeting that we had, oh, yeah, guess what? Shame on you, you're a bad actor, right? You're a bad actor, need to be eliminated, blah, 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 blah. Shame on you. Guess what? That's not going to work, dude. Not going to work. How many? It costs money to hire someone. Today, there are some industries nobody wants to work. So now we have a problem. Nobody wants to work. Now we, what do you do? You're going to have to find some of that costs money. I was told it cost $12,000 20 years ago to hire one engineer for a company. That was 20 years ago. Now probably tripled. So what are we trying to do with human and organizational performance? Workers are incentivized to work through safe through the system. And incentives could come in many forms. We're not only talking financial. It could be an attaboy or girl. It could be uh, uh, time off. It could be hats, right? People buying hats. Hey, here's the company hat, company logo. Could be gifts. It could be anything. I mean, all within the law, obviously, right? Management sets up a system and takes more responsibility and leadership. That's what we're about, addressing with the C-suite and the, uh, uh, and the uh, supervisors. Safety is defined as the presence of guards and control. Safety is the resilience of a system, the adaptability, and the capacity of the system, its ability to do stuff. You try to set up a system so it's as foolproof as possible. Hire the right people. That's a big one. We talked about this, uh, I don't know if this is the first half of the program or on the one that got, uh, I couldn't post, I took down. You have to hire the right people. Are they qualified to do the job? Can you get them qualified to do the job? Do they have the right attitude? Are they going to fit in? And everything else that goes into hiring things.
right? Are they qualified? What are you going to do? And you have to understand human errors exist and you need to set up jobs, right? So they're, so they're as easy to follow as possible. Simple. When you start having people make decisions and have to rely on skills and prior skills and experience and everything else, that's when you're going to have more human error. And if you have more human error, guess what? You're more likely to have an incident if you do not have a system that is set up where you are able to fail safely. And let me get, no, right? Let me get this over with. The human and organizational performance way of thinking does not mean human resources goes away. And those issues still exist. You still have disciplinary stuff. You still have all different types of stuff that go into it. If a worker refuses to do something, right, normal human resource rules apply and everything else complies with that. Human and organizational performance is generally based around five principles. One, human error is normal. In other words, errors happen. How do we make it not a catastrophic failure is the question. Does our system have the capacity, and I'll say again, fail safely. Blame fixes nothing. Taking the blame yourself fixes nothing. That's another way of looking at it. What, what does blame fix? What does that solve? Oh, yeah, I did it. Oh, you did it. Oh, yeah, you did it. Shame on you. Okay, well, now what do we do? Well, we're going to eliminate Frank because because we eliminated Frank, then, therefore, nothing else works. Therefore, nothing else is going to happen because Frank is eliminated. Learning is vital. Most managers don't know what goes on in the field. That's why you have learning teams. Right, popularized by Brent Sutton and used by everybody in the Safety FM organization that I know of. What kind of learning are you going to do? Our managers, right? This is what today's managers are. Real simple. Today's managers do not know what goes on in the field. They don't have the skill set. They rely on someone else. Right now we have uh, clients out there that are having issues with uh, people, with their workers, because they don't know how to do the field work. They're out there looking at uh, excavations and sewage installations, sewer installations. They never even dug a hole other than a flower pot or something, right? So when something happens, rather than say, well, rather than being counterfactual and breaking out that procedure thing, oh, well, this is what should have happened and it didn't happen and you're to blame. Say, well, okay, that's what should have happened. Okay, great. Okay, it's counterfactual. Now what? Well, why didn't it happen that way? What, what are we doing here? How did this happen? Show me, take me through this. I'm genuinely interested on in how this happens. Guess what? At that point... Now, a lot of people want to tell you what the, the what they do. They want to explain it to you. They take pride in their work. 
if you say, hey, how do we do that? How does this happen? Or what? No, what's your experience on this? Now you're a coworker with them. You're a colleague. You're not a boss anymore. You're not a manager. At least for the duration of the thing. Hey, what have how you know? How can I help you here? Oh well, why aren't we doing it this way? It's a, it's a little bit risky because it's admitting that you don't know everything. Context drives behavior. Right? What is the context of the situation? What is going on? What context are we going to are we dealing with here? Even in day to day work, what's the context? Well, I always tell a story about somebody who got hurt and what what we ended up we set up a context, what was going on. Person hadn't had off in month been off in months. The person did not uh, do a whole bunch of, uh, did not, uh, had, uh, it was uh, September 11th. They had someone who died on September 11th. Do you think their mind was on their job? Probably not. Totally. They had the wrong equipment to do the job. The manager saw the man was wearing uh, goggles and there was a chemical splash in the face. They were behind schedule, fighting the weather. One of the last nice weekends of the year here up here in New York, New Jersey area. Not too many nice weekends after uh, September 30th. Right, it was Friday afternoon. Guess what? That that all goes into context. What's the context to that? How can we understand what's going on here? Is work incentivized? How's it incentivized? Is bad behavior tolerated or encouraged? That happens. Oh, don't listen to right. I, I always I told the other story of somebody who uh, said never said I'm never listening to the safety officer. The building he was in or was on fire, and guess what happened? Didn't listen to the safety person. Me refused to leave the building. He left the building when the fire department showed up. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, it happens. How you respond to failure matters. Always matters. How you respond to failure. So I'm going to use a quote from the great safety safety sage, Todd Conklin, PhD. Management's response to failure, this is a quote, management's response to failure telegraphs to the organization everything that an organization needs to know about how serious the organization is about actually being resilient. If you respond negatively, then you are going to hide data all the way through your organization away from leadership. If you respond positively, then what happens is the organization has to deal with lots of information, lots of it bad, but they're constantly aware of how the world is operating, end quote. So in other words, if people freak out over bad news or bad things, it's a problem will lead to hiding information. That's Jim's take. Another way to look at it, you're the owner of a president, you're the president of the company, you're losing money. You want to know why you're losing money. You want someone to sugarcoat it and hide the reasons that you're losing money? That could cause a legal problem. That could cause a problem to your bank account. That could cause all different other problems. Same thing with safety. It's a drain on your bottom line if someone gets hurt, someone's not working safe. It's a drain on your bottom line if people are not organized. 
makes your company look bad, raises the moral hazard, an all-important moral hazard. There's a lot of stuff that goes on here and goes through here with the whole safety stuff, with all the safety stuff out there. If you're going to freak out, no one's going to give you the information. You're not going to have enough information to make decisions. You're not going to, and they're hiding information. They may have to lie to you on this. Are you okay with that? I'm not okay when people lied to me. Because if they'll lie to you on one thing, they'll lie to you about something else too. And that's basically it on this. So words mean things. And everything else. So that's what I'm going to leave you with here on this lovely Monday night. Uh, I hope to have a nice, safe, productive week and see you back on the air here on Safety Wars. Good night, everybody. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.